Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. And a good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you for the next hour as we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Busy, busy week. Obviously, we are uh, we are coming off a very celebratory night last night. And uh, after that, after a little Kane's victory, which we all enjoyed. And you guys will get a full breakdown of that in about an hour's time. You got to enjoy some fights, UFC, HBO Boxing was going on. A lot of news and notes. Some crazy things went down to Bellator involving Conor McGregor. A lot of people are upset with Conor and want him to be disciplined for his actions. But first, let's recap what went down last night. Yeah, Dustin Poirier taking on Anthony Pettis in a lightweight matchup. Uh, Anthony Pettis has returned to lightweight. He's uh, He had a stint at featherweight, won a fight, had a title fight, and he he was the, the loss that got Max Holloway the interim belt before he took on Jose Aldo. And yesterday was a fantastic brawl between these guys. I mean, they really, really went at it hard. Um, the first round, stand-up fest, slug fest. Dustin Poirier did get a, a few takedowns in this fight. That was one thing that was definitely noticeable in his game coming into this is that he was going to try and expose the vulnerability that Anthony Pettis has when he's taken down. So maybe something that we hadn't seen from Dustin in a while, but he did bring that versatile tactic to the cage with this fight and so it did it did allow him to do a lot of things that will I actually thought though it was funny you know first of all these guys were they they were going back and forth really really strong in round one but Dustin clearly won the first round and he he busted he busted Anthony Pettis up a little bit they get to the second round busts him up even worse than the second takedown Anthony's got a, a, a just started gushing blood um it gets really 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 bloody uh, I mean, his eyes are covered. At one point, they have to stop the fight because he he literally cannot see because of all the blood that is in his face. But it also made the fight super slippery. Um, it was uh, I think I think Paul Felder used the the description that they're they're sharing DNA. That's how that's how massively bloody it was. But also, it was not it was not easy to get submissions. I mean, they, these guys were slipping all over the place. There there wasn't an opportunity for either one of them to lock anything in and what was funny about it is I think at that point because Anthony was so bloody I don't know why I don't know why Dustin continued to go on the ground because it felt like he had such a vulnerable opponent on the feet and he was he was I felt getting the better of it with his hands at least maybe he was worried about some crazy showtime kick that we haven't seen in a while so they figured let you know go get the win where it's safest where Anthony Pettis can do the least amount of damage I was actually worried. I thought the closest 
points in that fight where Anthony had a chance to really win the fight. I mean, he was getting some good stuff in on the feet, but the thought, I thought the places where he, he actually had a, a good place to win the fight were pull out some crazy submission. You know, he was close to a triangle at one point. He was close to an armbar at one point. He was close to a Kimura at one point. But really, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like any time really on the feet, Anthony had anything for Dustin. You know, other than some good retaliation. But I thought Dustin Poirier was dictating that fight and comes away with a good win. So shout out to him. Shout out to American Top Team. Uh, shout out to our boy Dia Davis in the in the coaching camp there, getting a getting a win for Dustin. Dustin says that he wants either Eddie Alvarez or Justin Gaethje, whoever wins their fight, and then he wants to get a title fight. And uh, and good for him, man. Uh, either one of those guys, I think, against Dustin Poirier would make for a fantastic bout, Eddie Alvarez or Justin Gaethje. Although I do think, I would say if Justin Gaethje wins his fight against Eddie Alvarez, will he get another fight before getting a title fight? Because I think, you know, being on the Ultimate Fighter, being a bit of a new recruit, if he gets an impressive win over Eddie Alvarez, like his last win against Michael Johnson, which might have been fight of the year, um, he may not have to get another fight in to get a title fight. Now, the other thing that does hinder anybody in that division right now is where things stand with Connor. Uh, there was a report this week from the LA Times that the UFC would be talking with Connor's representatives this week to determine whether or not he was going to fight this year by December. And there's a lot of different stuff flowing out there. There's a, there's stuff that, you know, Connor's going to take a lot of time off. Connor never never boxes himself in where he is you know, at this point, said that his next fight could be against Tony Ferguson. That it likely could be against that it likely will be against Tony Ferguson. Then he said that he may go to boxing. Then he says he needs a partnership. Then he says he needs promote. You know, uh, to be a co-promoter in the fight. So, I don't think we're getting a good read from Connor. Good businessman that he is is leaving a lot of stuff out there. Um, but will he come back and fight in December? You know, I don't think making Tony wait until, you know, the other the other rumored date is March. You know, a lot of people think he's going to come back St. Patrick's Day or in that ilk of, of some pay-per-view in March. And I don't think making Tony wait till March is that bad. Tony just took a year off. So the idea that he would have to wait at that point another, you know, basically be a six-month layoff. It wouldn't be that crazy for either of those guys to wait until then. I honestly think for Connor's sake, I do think that the more he waits, the more of a hindrance it is to him just because I, I feel like the inactivity has been too long. You know, the idea at that point, then he'd be, man, he'd almost be 18 months out of the octagon and you're going against a guy in Tony Ferguson who just gets better and better every time he's in there, who comes out with new tricks every time that he's in there. I just think that's a long layoff for Connor, and I, I don't know at this point in his career how great that is for him. I'm sure that he's training now, um, but he also looks like he's been enjoying the fruits of this last year and, 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 and making all the money that he has, and then, of course, causing chaos in Bellator, which is, uh, which is wild. I mean, look, if you guys don't know what happened this past week, um, here's, what, here's what went down. So Bellator is going on in Dublin where Connor's from and they aired on tape delay so I would say I was just leaving the 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 show with Leroy on on Friday we were leaving the Hard Rock 
And all of a sudden, you start getting all these uh, notifications and videos of Conor McGregor just going crazy. He he pops into the ring and is celebrating with one of his teammates, whose uh, whose name slips my mind. But he he's celebrating with one of his teammates from from SBG and Charlie Ward, and he 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 basically slips into the cage as the fight's about as the fight gets stopped. And I'm assuming the cage opened because the doctors were going in there. Connor bolts into the cage and hops onto his teammate, just jumps on him, leapfrogs on him. They celebrate. They're going crazy. But technically, they haven't even done the official decision yet. You know, when, when a stoppage happens, you have to wait for the referee and uh, to officially announce such and such as Charlie Ward is the is the winner, and the other guy who who's getting knocked down, John Redman, he is still out of it on the other side of the cage. So Connor is getting broken up by Mark Goddard, who crazy enough, these two got into it not too long ago. I think the Andre Philly fight was what two weeks ago. So Connor was doing the same thing with uh, with a fight with Andre Philly and. Uh, and and uh, Artem Lobov, his teammate. I think that fight was in Poland, uh, but I may be mistaken. But Mark Goddard was the referee, and Connor was going nuts. He was going nuts outside of the cage, to the point where he he needed to get reprimanded by the referee. And at that point, Connor was cool about it. He he backed off. He was very respectful, and and chilled out. Now, what came out of that afterwards was. Uh, Connor got caught on camera using a homophobic slur multiple times, talking to his teammate um, about the the fight he just had. So that also had its own controversy come out of it. But this is crazy. So Connor is celebrating with his teammate, then is getting reprimanded by the referee to the point where they're in each other's face. The referee tries to walk away and go check on the opponent, Redmond, and Connor starts stalking Mark Goddard and gives him a little gives him a little shove, is getting held back by what looks like a commission guy, and when Mark Goddard's not looking, he shoves him the other way. Really, really bad look for Goddard, but he is going, he he's trying to get around with like three or four commissioners to get to Mark Goddard, and is pointing at his face, it, finger in his face, and I'm watching the video right now, just screaming at him. They still haven't had the official decision. They haven't had the opponent raise hands yet, but Connor's just losing his losing his mind. And so it's wild. It's a wild scene, but it's also gold for Bellator. Because this fight is getting this fight's not airing live, mind you. This fight is taking place overseas, and they're going to air it on Spike TV. They're gonna air it at nine o'clock. So immediately as this happens. The Bellator is tweeting out videos. Oh, Notorious just took Bellator 187 to another level. Tune in tonight, 9 o'clock on Spike TV. So they're using it as a promotion tool. It's kind of hard not to. You got the biggest star in, in, in combat sports who just crashed your party. But this obviously leaves a lot of people in a weird spot because Conor McGregor, according to the commission, assaulted one of their referees. Yeah, it's not a brutal assault. But it's an assault nonetheless. He put his hands on an official. 
in a contest he has nothing to do with. He's nothing there. He's not a cornerman. He's nothing but a spectator there. And people are saying there has to be some repercussions for this. But what do you do if you are anybody involved with this? First of all, if you're Bellator, can you do anything? You basically have used this as a promotional tool to get ratings that night. And I didn't tune in. I didn't see what the overnight ratings were. I can look those up during the break. Uh, If you are the commission in Dublin, they did send out a statement reprimanding him. But what do they do? Are they going to ban Conor McGregor? Because I guarantee you, the first time that they can they can snap those curfew laws and Conor McGregor can fight in Dublin, he's fighting Dublin. So do you, if you're Bellator, do you reach out to the UFC and see if they're going to reprimand him? What are they going to do? Are they going to suspend Conor? Nope. They've already got their own handful of stuff with Conor. So everybody's... Everybody's kind of mad at Conor. The idea is, it has Conor McGregor lost control? Here's the thing, though. Um, I, I really think the only move here, and it's going to look really hypocritical on their part, if you do, because Conor does have to be reprimanded for this. There's no doubt. It's not It's not pitchforks and want a pound of flesh like some of the MMA media is making it. It's not a great look. You, you're Conor McGregor. You can't go into a cage celebrating with your teammate while a guy is still unconscious in the ring, um, it, especially without a little bit of hel- a, a little bit of time clearing out. It's a TKO. Things need to clear up. You know, you're going to get your chance to celebrate with your teammate, and he's kind of walking around free range like it's nothing. But. <laughs> I really think the only move here is because I don't think the commission can really do anything. If it was, we got to remember, Conor McGregor basically made the Vegas commission bow to him and say, all right, you guys don't, you guys, you guys, because if you guys want to punish me heavily for the Nate Diaz water bottle throwing incident, I'm just not going to fight in Nevada anymore. I'm going to fight in New York. And they, they, they swept that under the rug real quick. You know, it went for, I think it was a $100,000 fine. Maybe it was even a quarter of a million dollar fine to a $100,000 fine to a $25,000 fine. Like, it got really, really shrunken. If you're the UFC, you've really got no power here. Like, Connor is not on your dime right now. He is one of your fighters, technically. But what is the punishment there? Do they ban him? Do they suspend him? You know, this isn't... This isn't like this isn't like a, a league that can go and, and suspend somebody for a game for inappropriate behavior, you know? Uh, is there a fine that comes down? All right. I mean, what 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 is going to be an acceptable fine to hurt Conor McGregor, a guy who's got more money than God and is spending it quicker? Um, I really think the only the only body here that could truly punish Connor and somewhat make a statement, although it's going to come looking hypocritical and it's going to come with maybe hurting your future business if Connor ever leaves the UFC. I really think if you want to make anything happen here, Bellator's got to ban him. I think that's the only thing you can really do. And I really don't think Scott Coker's going to do that. I don't think Scott Coker loves the chaos. Scott Coker loves the nonsense. Scott Coker is not above a little bit of circus. But I really think that's the only play here is if you need Bellator 
MMA to sit here and say, this guy's not allowed at our events anymore. And that's it. I, you know, anything else from that, it, it seems underhanded. Now, the, could Connor come out with another apology? I mean, Connor's done a lot of apologizing lately. Uh, him and Mark Goddard have gotten into a bunch. Do him and Mark Goddard, can they make good? Um, you know, can he do some kind of joint statement with him? I guess. But I do think something needs to be done with Connor where even if it's this, even if it's all right, if it if it doesn't hurt Connor, then something has to happen to his teammate. And maybe that's a case where the commission won't allow his you know, you your teammates are now liable for uh are now responsible for whoever comes into the ring to celebrate with you you know like they're only allowed a certain number of people anybody else can warrant a suspension or a fine and maybe that'll keep mcgregor more in check with these spg guys like he can't be walking in there whenever somebody from spg is is fighting and acting a fool that may be the way to go is, is something has to happen to unfortunately charlie ward or or artem lobov or any of his teammates for his behavior to change but it's a real predicament it is it is a it's a really really strange place that they're in we're getting a little bit of hbo boxing last night plus one of the most hellacious knockouts of the year took place last night in the ufc co-main event and dana white apparently wants to get into boxing now so we'll get we'll touch on all that when we come back after this it's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin, you're with you. We'll take you up until around 10 o'clock today. So last night you had UFC in Norfolk. Um, we mentioned Dustin Poirier last, uh, last segment. He got himself a win. The other big fight in this one, you had Matt Brown taking on Diego Sanchez. I think a lot of us probably thought this was going to be uh, an all-out slugfest not knowing if it was going to last long, but we figured that there was going to be some some back and forth. Both guys really gritty. Both guys take punishment. Uh, both on the back end of their career. Um, and this was originally dubbed of Matt Brown. This was supposed to be his retirement fight. This was going to be the last legs. I mean, he had lost, I think, seven of eight. He's been in a really bad way lately. And... You know, Diego Sanchez, he, he got stopped his last fight by strikes. First time I think that's happened to Diego. And Matt Brown just unleashes this elbow, which broke the broadcast. I mean, it was so vicious. He hits him with this elbow over the top. Like, you know, he was – Matt Brown, the only danger that he suffered, there was one shot. It was a, it was a left leg right to his liver, um, and, and it looked like that was going to shut him down. He he holds his arm low. He's able to protect from it. Diego goes for it a couple more times. Then Matt Brown ends up, you know, stopping stopping the kick. He checks the kick, holds it up, and gets Diego against the cage and just hits him with just one of the most vicious elbows you'll see. It's just flatlines him. Flat flatlines Diego Sanchez cold. Face plant on the canvas and out for a little bit it was a really it was a really scary shot from matt brown highlight real knockout one of the knockouts of the year for sure in in ufc so i guess the question becomes now where where does he is he going to continue fighting is the big question because 
this this was billed as what was going to be his last fight. But now, you know, he said, oh, best training camp that I've ever had. Um, I don't know yet. I, I don't know now. And if you're Matt Brown, I heard him a little bit in the post fight where he's saying, you know, maybe I'll get back into that title contention. If I, if, if I have a chance to do that, then I will, I will, I will reconsider my retirement. But the thing is, if, if you're Matt Brown, you know, you've already had fights with guys at the top of the division, Damian Maya, Robbie Lawler, Donald Cerrone. You've been in there with the contenders. So then you're talking about if you're Matt Brown, okay, then you got to start fighting the new guys. you got to fight a Colby Covington if he comes up. He's got to fight a, a Darren Till if he comes up. Does he fight a Wonder Boy if he comes up? So I don't know, man. The idea that Matt Brown's going to all of a sudden have this, this revolution of his career, I mean, maybe, but... You know he is he's he's gotten stopped before this he was stopped in his last three fights I don't know I I don't love the idea that Matt Brown all of a sudden is now reconsidering you know 36 years old he's gonna be 37 in a couple months he's had such a good run and he's been such a warrior in the cage I don't want to tell guys to when 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 to retire but if you are gonna go out man that seems like the way to go out to have a win over a guy Diego Sanchez probably going to the Hall of Fame and you do it like that not many guys get to go out on top. Not many guys get to go out the way they want to. And hearing them reconsider, I get it. You, you probably got to feel like, oh, I, I, it feels on top of the top of the world, ma. But I don't know. I, that, that, that sometimes you got to know when to when to call it, and and that is a, a, as good a a finish as you could have to a career. Good morning, Seema. Good morning, Tommy Guns. Good morning. How are you two? I'm doing well. How are you, Tommy Guns? Fabulous. Did you guys see that knockout last night by Matt Brown? Amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Just vicious. What it's a, a bloody night of fights. It really was. The 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 just the, the way Tommy Guns likes it. The Anthony Pettis was was ridiculous. I mean, they were slip sliding all over each other. Him and Poirier. Yeah, that's a little nasty to me. It, it was, was little, man. It was a little gross. That's what uh, what Paul Felder called the old DNA exchange. Yes, it was definitely a DNA exchange, for certain. And uh, I think that Pettis could should should consider hanging it up. Really, I do, man. I do. He just does not look the same he's, in his past four or five fights. He's just he's in like no man's land. I feel. Yeah, and. Didn't he just go back to Duke Rufus? He, I don't know. Did he leave Duke Rufus? I think he left to get, like, not I think fully he, left, I think he but he le- trying yeah. to expand. He went, he went to expand, and I think, that, well, I, we know for sure that he, you know, he, he, he was searching. He went because he went to 145. The search is not over. Yeah, well. Because he, he, first of all, he didn't even look confident coming into the cage, and I know I picked him. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but. When you he came thinking in, like a Tobin and a Tommy Gunn. That's right. I guess I wasn't. When he came into the cage last night and he started doing this, the Ric Flair woo, mm-hmm. woo, I knew he was done. Really? Because to me, that was a sign of nervous energy. Oh. He was trying to bring his adrenaline down. And he just he just did not, he did not have it. And, and while Dustin Poirier is, is good. I think he made Dustin Poirier look a lot better than he actually 
is in my it's just my opinion. He looks really good, Dustin Poirier. And the thing is, you know But he made a lot of mistakes. He left himself open and he took some big shots that Poirier? I think Poirier took Poirier, big shots. Poirier yeah. took some big shots. And I think a guy that is bigger than Pettis in that division, if a guy another guy in a top five connects with some of those shots, Poirier goes to sleep. I mean I mean Connor put him to sleep. Yeah. Connor put him to sleep at one forty five. I think that I think that when you leave yourself open the way that Poirier did last night, and maybe he only did it because he felt the power of Pettis early on and felt that he could take his shots, but he took a couple clean shots in, ex- in an exchange against the cage. Any other guy, top five guy, with a little more, a little more meat and potatoes behind those punches puts that man to sleep. Maybe I found it interesting, you know, diet coachism over yeah. at ATT, and I found it interesting. I thought he was actually having more success on the feet. I, I I understand why you want to take Anthony Pettis down, because he's not he's not great in wrestling, um. But I thought that the only places I really thought he was vulnerable was if he was going to get caught in some weird submission. Like there were a couple moments there where he was like in a in a triangle, looked like Anthony could have grabbed his arm to put him in an armbar, and and especially when the vision got compromised i thought no reason to be on the ground yeah why not just get to the feet he can't see you um but that was a strategy i get that like anthony pettis can't wrestle and dustin pori said after the fight listen i didn't learn to wrestle except until a couple years ago i didn't know what a double leg was Mm -hmm. so that says something to anthony pettis where hey guys are just trying stuff on you novice wrestlers are just trying this on you and having success um I don't know where you go right now. Where you go if you're if you're Pettis? I think that was I think that was Poirier's way to break his spirit. I'm beating you on the hands. I'm gonna take you down now. Plus, he had a lot of success in the ground and pound. I mean, he created a couple more mouths on Pettis's head. You know, with those yeah. elbows, they were big gashes. And he not only had a gash over his eye, he had gash across his nose. He had them on the sides of his head. I mean, he he was really taking some shots, and that's why it was so bloody. But I'm I'm with you. I don't know what do you what do you do? You tried 145. Yeah, you got beat up there. You've been to the peak of 155. I don't know. It just seems like he went to 145 because he wasn't having success at 155. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know where. Like this is a guy who was on the cover of the Wheaties box. He. At one point, I think Dana White said he is—he's going to be the face of UFC. He's yep. our—he's our best young superstar out there. I don't know if he's a guy who just believed in his in his own hype and 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 couldn't find the next level magic, uh, or what. But it's uh, but I I don't know if there's any answers there. I I, I don't I don't know, Seema. Like, what do you think, Tommy? I think it's a good thing that he made the money that he made when he made it because now I have to vie with Sima on this in that he's coming to this point where he's uh, not been as strong as he's been for a very long time and at some point we talk about it saving the fighter from himself right and I think it could be one of those moments not that he doesn't have more in him I just think that we could be at that place yeah. it's always Bellator there's always Bellator did you guys, <laughs> speaking of Bellator did you guys see what happened with Connor? I did I did what do they do there? What do you do? Not a, not a damn thing. Like, I don't have any good answers you, for that. You um, just you you soak it up and you take advantage of the promotional opportunity that you got by using a, another the biggest name in combat sports. Yep. Another promotion's biggest name as well. You had the opportunity to utilize it to draw eyes in. 
I think that the only the only recourse that you truly have is you could only treat him like he you would treat a spectator if they ran in the cage. What would you do? You'd have him arrested. Are the authorities going to arrest him in Ireland? Hell no. No. They're not going to do that. So that's the only ban re- him, and they're not going to ban him from an arena. Of course not. In Ireland, and anywhere the- else maybe they would, but you have no other recourse. I've- He's not a fighter on your roster. Yep. I f- I find it very difficult that they would be able to have any sort of leverage against the fighter that is on their roster. I don't think that Scott Coker would do that. I don't think that the commission would do that. And if you if you are, you know, Connor has a a different type of um he has different type of standards. He can't be touched. Yeah, right now it's like Mayweather. Go watch a Mayweather fight. If there's a fighter from the Mayweather camp in the ring, Mayweather's not circling the ring and running around with his credential on, getting up out of his seat, shouting instructions to his fighters? Yeah, he is. Of course he is. Are the are the refs saying anything to him? No, I, no. they're not, because I've been at some of the fights. Well, it, And he's he's in the same category right now yeah. that Conor is in MMA. And it's also a fact of, well, Conor didn't bend to the Vegas commission trying to do this to him. I don't know what the the Dublin commission is going to be able to do with him, especially because they know if they ever got a Conor McGregor fight to do it at, you know, said soccer stadium, they're going to turn that down. No. Even when all those curfew issues go by. I really think, like, I don't know, Tommy, the only way I see a possibility of making Conor chill on this stuff is if you start punishing his teammates. And I don't even know how you go about doing that. Do you find them? And he'll pay to fine. I guess. I don't know. I don't, there's no... It, it, he is really kind of in this area of of uh, untouchable. I think, the, uh, personally speaking, if I were in, in either situation of UFC or Bellator, as Bellator, I would milk it for every ounce that it has. I would bring Connor. I would start to talk more about him. I would use utilize his popularity, and it is what it is. Does it because? And I don't say that. He should be punished by UFC or Bellator or someone someone else because the rules aren't in place. We'd just be talking. Yeah, they're not. A, he's not a team. He's he's an independent contractor, really. Um, and the, the, well, here's the problem: like Bellator, like you said, they took advantage of that as soon as that happened. Keep at, taking advantage. At, as of soon it. as that happened at one o'clock, because it was a tape delay bout. Um, as soon as that happened at one o'clock, bang! It was on their Twitter account. Bang! It was on their Instagram account. Notorious. Make 187 next level. So they're they're celebrating it. Um, I just don't know. what If it was in a bigger commission, maybe you got more recourse, I guess. But then he's just going to say, all right, I'm not fighting there. I don't I don't know. The only thing Dana could come in and say is, Connor, you're banned from going to Bellator events because you're creating too much promotion for them. Perhaps. <laughs> maybe. Dana's also in the news this week. He, uh, he's got himself a new little venture. We'll talk about that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. We had a lot of uh, injury nose and notes this week as far as fights that got canceled, rescheduled. Uh, Dominic Cruz, he's out of his fight with Jimmy Rivera. Max Holloway is a new opponent. He was supposed to fight Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar's hurt, even though he was at the he was at the fights last night. They had him, uh, he, they had him ringside, but he can't fight. Never too hurt to to enjoy a fight yeah 
So now for UFC 218, which is coming up, I think, the first week of December, uh, we have Holloway Aldo 2 as the title fight. Who you got? Who you got? Who you got? I mean, Aldo had success in those in, in, in uh, early in that fight. He did have success, but I just think I mean Max Holloway is what, what ten in a row, eleven in a row. He's yeah, he's, he's a beast right now. He's killing it right now. I mean, his 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 last loss was to Connor four years ago. That's crazy. That's a crazy good run. I don't feel like I don't feel like Jose's got anything new for him. You know, I feel like a young guy like Max is only going to get better from that. I actually, you know, the the one other guy who was campaigning for that fight. I'd almost rather see it. I feel like we're so new to it, and I, I didn't feel like um, I did. I I wanted to see Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson was 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 uh, was campaigning to be the fill-in for that. He's f- number he's number ranked. F- uh, he's fourth ranked in mm-hmm. featherweight. He's won four straight. Um, you know, hasn't had a title fight since when? I mean, he has. Yeah, I find it interesting that that Aldo keeps getting these automatic. Yeah. Title fights. He's had what three shots now. He's gotten to fight for the the belt. Yeah, like f- really, this is his fourth opportunity because his he 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 lost to Connor. He lost his belt. He got to fight for an interim belt, mm-hmm. and then he fought Max Holloway. Defended his they they fought a unification fight, mm-hmm. and now he's getting another shot, mm-hmm. and he's. You know he's one and he's one and two already in those title fights. So I don't know. I just it's cool with Jose Aldo. Uh, I get it. He's a name. He's been a legend. He's been doing it forever. But I feel like I feel like I like a little new blood, a little bit of freshness going there. I agree. You know. So that's the way I would go. But you know, uh, right now I, I don't think Max Holloway's going to win. Do you think? Do you think any difference, uh, Tommy Guns? Do you think Jose can win? I think Jose can always win. Yeah? <laughs> Jose can always win. Yeah, because. He's tricky. He comes. He does different things. However, I think Max has paid his dues and has shown us what he's capable of and has stepped right in. So I think we could have uh, possibly give that to Holloway. Uh, the other news that came out. This came out on Friday. Anderson Silva got popped by Usada again. Uh, don't know. Can if- somebody get Usada out of the way? <laughs> hey, man. He's old. All he his, needs his stuff. All these regulations. Well, last time it was just older guys should have the exception. Last time it was just a love making pill from uh, from Anderson. I don't know what he'll use this time as uh, another one. His, his explanation, but he took those gas station. Uh, Thai, I think he actually said it was a uh, a Thailand elixir. Yeah, uh, a Thai elixir that that he used to help himself keep it going, and that was. Uh, well, see, <laughs> that's the wrong kind of PED. That he should be popped for. Yeah, no man. pun intended. It was. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So he's not gonna fight. But how about this? How about this? Michael Bisping is going to step in it. and fight and fight Kelvin Gastelum instead in November. So he's taking no break. I love it. He's going right at it, fighting in Shanghai. I'm surprised by it. I'm surprised. I was too. Because Gastelum could give him problems, but Gastelum is probably going to stand and trade with him. Yeah, and. Bisbing always has a shot when he's standing and trading. It's when you try to take him down, you know, that's where things change a little bit. Yeah. Which is what happened with GSB. I just think it's an interesting match because I don't know what it I don't I don't really know what it does for Bisbing. I guess does it get him right back in the title picture if he beats Kelvin? Kelvin's coming off a loss. I don't know if he's I don't know no, if he's it's a, a payday. I guess. What's he yeah. get half a mil now on contract or a mil? Oh, I imagine if he's stepping in last minute like that. And I think that's yeah. in Shanghai. Yeah, so, so I think that's that's a big fight for the UFC as far as their first fight in China. 
stack the paper while you can. Yeah, I get it. I got it. Especially, especially if you're stepping in, you're doing the UFC a favor. So what's going to happen? He beats Gastelum. Mm-hmm. Adds a, adds seven figures to the bank account. Turns around, and he's going to lobby for the rematch with GSP. Anybody? I think that he was beating GSP until he got caught. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not. If Bisbing would have smart fought a smarter fight in that third was the third round. <laughs> yeah, the third round. Kept a distance. Not put himself in a position where he could get taken down. He wins the fight. Maybe. But I don't I, I still don't have no an, maybe. I, I still don't have an interest in seeing it again. I think I think those guys are both at a point in their career. I don't see either one taking this huge jump. I don't think GSP takes the fight. He doesn't have to. I think definitely for us fight fans, it's really good to see Bisbing not being um concerned about the dangers of going into another fight so soon. Yeah. But just willing to be confident in his craft. It's yeah. Interesting. What do you guys think of this news? This news came out this week with Dana White. So Dana White is apparently getting into boxing. They, they love the experience of Floyd versus Connor so much. They think everything's going to be a home run like that. So Dana White says uh, that they're not leaving the UFC, but he's getting into boxing with uh, WMEIMG, and they're going to be doing boxing cards. Uh, this, is, this is an interesting field they're going to go into as far as – do you think this might have something to do with like their new TV deal that's going to come up so they'll have more events to offer whatever TV package picks them up? I I I don't want to say I'm surprised cuz I you know Dana's always liked boxing and he's he's always been very critical of how it's promoted and he is a very good promoter. I mean, whatever you want to say about how he handles some of his comments and how uh, temperamental he is, uh he is very successful. Do you like this move? Do you think this is uh, this this could lead to a lot of success for the sport? It's going to be interesting how it works out because the the pay model of boxing is far different than the pay model for UFC or for MMA in general. Right. Boxers get because of the Muhammad Ali Act, they get far greater percentage and portion mm-hmm. of the fight purse. The gate, the TV revenue, all of the sponsorship dollars, all the ancillary Revenue streams. So it's going to be interesting how Dana could cope with that in that in that revenue split, that, that model. Because of their TV deal and the way that the boxing model has changed and now has these ties to TV networks, it's always had a tie to, to HBO and to Showtime, the cable networks and how those pay-per-views are created through those cable networks. But now we've seen PBC's model with various non-exclusive right. network deals. Top rank, and now, now we're with seeing ESPN. top rank with ESPN, which is why I believe this this possibly makes sense, especially with a Fox affiliation, the power that they generate through the cable network and the broadcast network of Fox Broadcasting. It could create for some very interesting dynamics. It, it might give Bob Arum a heart attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that he's probably going nuts inside um, because this is probably his worst nightmare between the golden boy coming back around but them coming back into the fold with top rank and now PBC. PBC has not proven to be a success. 
So it, it'll be interesting the way yeah, that PBC this all started out like wildfire, but it's really in a rough spot right now. And I don't really I think even, they're nine hundred million dollars in debt or yeah, something. I don't like I, I don't really know how much that model of PBC is really even going on because now it seems like the only PBC fights I see are really on Showtime. So it's just kind of Al Heyman fighters under that model, but they're using different promoters or different entities to go be broadcast. I like the model. I like it because uh, this very show, um, Fighter's Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, we talk about the boxing sport, the MMA sport, and there's that crossword where both of those fight fans of those various divisions, if you will, come together, like us, the three of us. We enjoy boxing and MMA. So for UFC to come in and do what they do with UFC and garnering maybe adding to the new boxing fans and keeping the sports in a way that it hasn't been in quite some time. It's yeah. been on a comeback. There's been more in involvement, more people talking about it, more people wanting to watch it, becoming boxing fans. But I, th I think that the, the gelling of the two could really be interesting for fight, for fight fans in general. I do think there's this move that does help the UFC. Uh, Bellator has kind of played with this a little bit. It's not really them doing it, but they've let, like, let's say a Michael Venom Page, they let to right. go box. They allow him to go box. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or they're bringing in boxers like Heather Hardy. So what the UFC could do, let's say you take a guy like Jose, who's flirted a lot with saying he wants to box, and you've kind of worn out your use of Jose Aldo as a mixed martial artist. He's been one of the best fighters uh, of, of all time at featherweight. He's been a champion. He's had his run of title shots. What do you do with Jose Aldo? You have Jose Aldo under contract. Jose Aldo's going to box now. And now you can build up boxers fighting a Jose Aldo. Maybe it's a little circusy. Maybe it's a little hokey. But it is a good way to get these boxers that you would sign um, a way to build up their name. Oh, they beat Jose Aldo. I'm into seeing him fight a Jose Aldo. Or an Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's been doing this forever. Anderson Silva's talked about fighting Roy Jones Jr. forever. So Anderson Silva. Whenever he gets done with the suspension, that's going to come McGregor. his way. Conor McGregor, exactly. So maybe using your stable, um, uh, Holly Holm, you know, using your stable and and saying, hey, do you, would you guys be interested in crossing over sport more? Because people seem to be into that. They, it's a little almost, it's weird. It's almost a little bit of a throwback to what it was in the beginning. Of you're going to be seeing, it's not going to be cross sport because you, so you won't have the boxer fighting the grappler. But you will have, okay, we're going to see a mixed martial arts that you've seen just using their one skill set, and they're going to go up against a person who only boxes. So, I don't know. It could be interesting. But um, but the thing you mentioned that's interesting, that, that, that does puzzle me, if Dana White becomes a boxing promoter, doesn't that open up mixed martial artists to get more of an argument to ha be covered by yes. the Ali Act? It could muddy the waters. And that was that was really the, the, the point of that conversation is that guys guys now that will elect to go into the boxing ring are going to experience a much different type of pay scale. And I think you're start you, you start to create you're muddying the waters now. So you're allowing them to co mingle and now you're no longer like you can no longer argue that well the, technically this is a different kind of sport and we're not under that sort of 
act. Right. So it's going to be interesting. The fighters will probably love it. I also think there's an, a, a distinct advantage between when you look at the PBC model, the PBC model was let's do TV deals and let's bring all these big name fighters to the mix and we're going to buy airtime. And we're going to buy this airtime and we're going to create so many viewers in theory that we're going to be able to go to sponsors and sell TV time because we're drawing eyes now because we're on regular television. Right. That model didn't work out too well. It burned out very quickly. It did. Because the, the big advertisers are not necessarily lining up to spend money for TV ads. Well, it's not only but that. But WME has all of these corporate engagements true. already. True, true, true. So they could go to a Coca-Cola. They could go to an AT&T. You want in. And they could say, hey, we know that you are a part of this big world tour with Lady Gaga. Would you be interested in doing this? And we'll do product placement. And it won't just be you running TV spots. We'll build you in You'll to be- the fabric of the events. Right. Yeah, and the only thing that I think will help is if you do get guys under that umbrella, Dana is more prone to putting those matchups that fans do want together. The thing that happened with PBC is they they, they came out with like a bang with, with matchups that we wanted to see and, and the guys fighting each other, but they did eventually run out. I Couldn't mean, not, sustain. People didn't want to see Al Heyman have this guy's success. So they weren't willing to work, I guess, as much with them, and so... Like anything, these these fragmented promotions can only go for so long. You know, you have one good matchup, but then it doesn't necessarily last forever. It'll be interesting. It's an interesting development. We gotta definitely throw some hometown love out to Kimbo Slice Junior. Oh, that's right, Kevin Ferguson Junior. Congrats on the win, two and one. He's won his last two fights. Baby Slice, he is well run. Rear naked choke, not like Papa. He's uh, like he says he does. He brings a lot of different things to the table. It was interesting. I talked to him this week. The, the I never got to air the interview because the phone line really stunk. Um, he what does it smell like? Uh, it was just it's it smelled yeah. it smelled like bad Ireland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he said uh, he said he called himself lazy. He said he said uh, he's like you know one thing I've realized I was really lazy over the last um, over the start of my career and I can't be like that if I'm going to have any success. So he's you know he seems like he's buckled down a little bit more. But that's a it's an interesting you don't hear a lot of people describe themselves that way. No. Um, but very self aware. So congrats to him. Congrats to congrats to young Kimbo Slice Jr. And congrats to Dustin Poirier for the win. Um, and and, uh, and shout out to the ATT crew for the win last night. Yes, up. sir. We'll talk to you guys next week uh, and see you then. Welcome back. Fighters Fury, guys. Wanted to give you a bonus segment on boxing. We got really heavy into UFC. Kind of got into a little bit of boxing as far as, um, you know, the UFC and, and Dana White's plans to become a boxing promoter. But I wanted to uh, touch on what went down last night. The Miracle Man, Miracle Man Danny Jacobs. Um, he was under his HBO debut with Eddie Hearn, Matchroom Boxing, as they were having a card. Uh, dominant win for, for Danny Jacobs as he bounces back from that. I mean, honestly, I thought he beat Gennady Golovkin scorecard-wise. So good for him to get that win uh, under his belt. And we also had a little bit of movement in the heavyweight division. Uh, Jarrell Big Baby Miller, he came out on top, uh, beating Valk by a, uh, by a technical knockout. Eventually, Valk bought his, uh, broke his hand. He couldn't go anymore. I was actually surprised that the the trainer let it go as far as he did. Um, he came back. Man, I want to say it was the seventh round. Maybe it was the eighth round. Busted his hand. Couldn't even move it. Jarrell hit him right on the hand, and you could see that 
that even killed him. So the idea that it kept going was uh, was pretty rough in my mind. But you know, crazy, crazy Russians doing what they do. Uh, he uh, he got the win. The interesting thing is where what happened with uh, with Gerald Miller right now because you know Big Baby is starting to get a little bit more uh, pub. He was on the Showtime card, past Showtime card. Now he was on HBO, um, which was under Eddie Herd's banner. What's going to be interesting now is what happens with the heavyweight division. With Miller winning last night, um, where does he go from here? There was a lot of talk last night about the potential of him fighting Anthony Joshua. Um, Eddie Hearn's very eye on him as far as a personality is concerned. He is very, very charismatic. We've had him on the show before. Uh, Miller is is unbelievably funny. He's very talented. He's great on social media. Um, he he talks he talks great great bleep about his opponents. Um, not going to back off of an Anthony Joshua. He's an exciting fighter. He stays in your kitchen, um, throws a lot of punches for his size, even with him getting as heavy as he is. A lot of shots, a volume puncher, um, maybe not necessarily one-punch knockout when he when he gets in there with guys with huge size, but you know he attacks the body like a lot of guys don't. And here's the thing, you know, Here's what's interesting about a matchup with uh, with Gerald Miller and an Anthony Joshua. You know, Anthony's cardio has been brought into task. And you would look at the two of them and you would think Anthony Joshua, that's definitely the guy who's got the better motor, just athletically-wise the way he looks. But, hell, I mean, Gerald Miller throws a ton of punches. He doesn't that, – that, that body type may not necessarily need um, the oxygen going to those thick, thick muscles that Anthony Joshua brings to the table. So I, I I think it's an interesting matchup. I mean, I would favor Anthony just because Anthony's kind of he's been on the bigger stages. So would that get to would that get to Big Baby at all? I don't know. You know, he seems like a guy who could hone that in. Um, but I, I do like that matchup. And you know, for everybody who's upset and is like, oh well, why don't we get into the Deontay Wilder fight? Are we going to get the? I think we're going to get the Deontay Wilder fight. It seems like look, Deontay obviously wants the fight. It's a huge payday. He's not getting any younger. He wants that as soon as possible. But I was listening to this interview with Eddie Hearn this week with uh, with Chris Mannix on uh, Yahoo. Yahoo. It was uh, Chris Mannix with Yahoo. Yahoo uh, Boxing Podcast. This is a great job. I recommend it. Uh, I, I don't hate. I like you guys listening to other stuff. Uh, recommend Chris Mannix. He does good interviews. Very inside boxing. Gets a lot of promoters and writers and whatnot. Um, but... Eddie mentioned that he mentioned Jarrell by name as a possibility. And he also, you know, they were going to negotiations. There's a couple things here. You know, Eddie Hearn thinks that if the fight gets a little bit more publicity, will it be bigger? And I'm normally on the side of, hey, let's give the fight fans the fight we want. If they give us this fight in March, awesome. I'm going to be all about it. But if you give it a little bit more attention, a little bit more attention as far as the weeks and you cook it up until let's say July, you know, they both let's, let's say Deontay, uh, gets a fight. He fights Dylan white, right? That's been thrown out. That's been kicked about by Eddie fights. Dylan white, you know, gets that, gets that marketability up, beats another name opponent and gets him another platform to call out Anthony Joshua. Be the, be the American who is, you know, (sighs) Be the American who is calling out the scared British champion, won't fight him, having to fight his promoter's scraps to to get to that fight. Um, I think it almost makes, it would make Deontay 
more favorable with the American audience that he does have to keep in a chase. You know, that, that helped with Manny's popularity a lot with with the pocket, with the Mayweather fight. And that, listen, that fight did eventually take too long to happen. It, do, it does wane in interest. So these guys definitely have a window of 12 months. They need to make it happen this year. But would it be killed if it if it did go an extra um, six months? I don't think so. I don't think it would. So um, that's a possibility. Let, let's say you got Jarrell Miller fighting Anthony Joshua. You got Deontay Wilder fighting Dylan White. Now, there's a wild card. Wild card comes into the mix. Tyson Fury is going to come back this year, hopefully. I'm going to say that he is. Tyson Fury, in the midst of all this, needs a fight. He's coming back. He hasn't fought in two years, two-plus years. And he's going to jump right into the fire. And not only that, you have everybody hot on this Anthony Joshua, De- uh, Deontay Wilder fight. Tyson, though he is the rightful champion, is out of people's minds right now. He is he is not fresh on anybody's he- uh, on anybody's on anybody's mind. So, what about this? Somebody that we know is off suspension this week. He's free. The champ, Shannon the Cannon, two-time heavyweight champion of the world. What if? What if we do this? <sighs> You give Tyson Fury a fight against a supposed tune-up. You can think what you want. I guess they're uh, against that Gypsy King. But he gets into it instead of jumping right into the fire. And not only that, you put him in there with an opponent who's going to promote the hell out of the fight. There's not a better promoter on social media than Shannon Briggs. And get people's mind fresh. There's going to be viral videos of Shannon chasing Tyson Fury, doing all kinds of hijinks with Tyson Fury, getting people's mind on Tyson Fury. You know, he goes in there with some schlub run of the mill. It's going to be like, all right, great. Tyson Fury's back uh, in a fight nobody cared about and in a fight nobody had a feeling about. You put him against Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Oh, what what a matchup that would be as far as those two wit for wit going up against each other. That fight needs to happen. So you set yourself up for almost a round robin esque tournament of Shannon Briggs versus Tyson Fury, personality on personality. Comeback versus comeback. You have Deontay Wilder, Dylan White going almost Deontay against the man, having to fight Dylan White, Eddie Hearn's guy, his B-list guy, to get to the A-level guy of Anthony Joshua, who's going to be in there with Jarrell Miller, who is a great personality, um, game opponent, tough to knock out, brings a little bit of danger to it, uh, could go to England and talk a lot of bleep. I think at that point, Whatever happens out of that smorgasbord of guys, by the time we get to summer, people are going to be even more hyped up for it. So that's the way I'd go, man. I'd go, you want this heavyweight division cranking up? You want people caring about it? You want to take it to the next level? Anthony Joshua, he fights Jarrell Miller. Deontay Wilder, he fights Dylan White. Tyson Fury, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Have all three of those guys go at it. Best man that comes out of it. We'll, uh, we'll figure out most impressive who people are hungering and craving for more, most. Uh, make that happen, man. That, that, that is what boxing needs. You got some compelling matchups. You have compelling personalities. Um, great storyline. I, I, I think, it's a, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a home run for all parties involved. You know. So that's the way I'd go. I think, I think this is a fun year, though, coming up for the heavyweight division. And I can't wait to see what happens. And we're wishing our, our boy Luck, Shannon Briggs, on his comeback. 
We can't wait, man. Apparently, Shannon's choosing some big announcement this week, Monday. We can look forward to it. We will uh, we'll see what Shannon has to bring. I hope we get him a little bit more on social media. And um, and, and we, get, uh, we get those videos back again. Uh, very, very much looking forward, forward to the comeback. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same time, same place. Fighters Fury. Love y'all. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.